And now for something completely machinima. Hey everybody, this is Ricky Grove. I'm here with the and now for something completely machinima podcast. By God, we're still here. We're still charging ahead and we're still doing it. Right, guys? Yep. Absolutely. That's great. Why don't you uh, introduce yourselves and let us know who's here today? Um, I'm Tracy Harwood. I'm a, uh, a professor of digital culture at an institute of creative technologies and also director of an art AI festival in Leicester. And an awesome um, person, too. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm Damien Valentine, a uh, longtime machinima creator, currently working on. Uh, the Star Wars fan series called Heir to the Empire, and I'm a cosplayer as well. So I'm currently working on the goat costumes that we're all going to be wearing <laughs> at some wait, point when we do wait. a video episode. Keep harping on that. I got to see them. And I'm Ricky Grove. I am a uh, retired bookseller and uh, a machinima vet. I've been involved in lots of machinima films, uh, uh, both as an actor and as uh, doing sound. I've also uh, was deeply involved in the community for a long, long time. Ran a big festival of uh, Machinima Virtual uh, Festival and Second Life. And uh, I'm happy to be back here uh, discussing Machinima with my two favorite people. Now, in terms of favorite people, we're missing Phil Rice again this week. I'm sorry to inform you. He's just unable to appear for other commitments and things that are going on with them. We miss you, Phil. And uh, we'll hopefully we'll get to see you uh, again really soon. Yeah. We yep. always miss them. All right. Uh, we're going to go right into our news segment. Um, I'll kick it off. I'd like to mention that uh, Real Illusion has a lip sync contest in collaboration with Replica Studios uh, using character creator and audio to face uh, is another option there as well. Now, uh, this contest goes through the September 20th. Um, it's a, a really great contest with some fantastic prizes. Uh, now, Damien, I know you've already entered yours, or at least you, you've been sharing some of the work you've been doing. What's it been like? Um, yeah, I, I finished it and I submitted it in. It was, um, it was an interesting project because I was recreating uh, a scene. For, of course, it's me, so it has to be a Star Wars scene. Um, so one, of the, It's the scene where Darth Vader reveals to Luke Skywalker and says, Luke, I am your father. And I thought it's one of the most famous moments in cinema history. So that's the one I was going to go for. And I know that I'm cheating a little bit because Darth Vader doesn't have yeah. a, a face. No so lips. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, which made his lips sync very easy to do. But um, Luke's got, the when Luke reacts, he's got a very distinctive reaction to it. And his face is kind of lopsided. I'm not even going to try and do it for you guys to see, but um, it's kind of lopsided and is obviously very miserable and he starts shouting no that's not true that's impossible and there's lots of memes about it so i thought i have to get this just right because that is the real test of of course uh, iclone's ability so that's what i did and then i thought well actually um i know i feel uncomfortable just having darth vader and no th nothing there so I, I recreated james earl jones in iclone's character creator ah. I used the headshot plugin to get his face so he looks like himself. And there's a little box as if he's in the recording studio doing the, the voiceover separately. Um, so you can see that beside Darth Vader in the scene. Yeah. 
Oh, that's very smart. You know, I think that's a, a really uh, great of Real Illusion and smart of them to do a lip sync contest, especially after they've upgraded their iClone uh, with uh, new lip sync um, uh, capabilities, which are really, really good. They did 100% better than it was before. And I think one of the things they wanted to do was create situations just as you described. So people are, are, are put in a situation where they have to become creative. And mm. it's great to see that you're doing that. That's cool. Thank you very much. <clears throat> they have broken it up into several different uh, categories, comedy, uh, uh, singing, uh, movie music, uh, video storytelling, improvisation, talk show, rap. And <clears throat> they're going to offer prizes for each one of those. And the prizes are very significant. So uh, congratulations to Real Illusion. And uh, if you're looking to enter in a contest, Machinima Filmmakers, this is the one to do it in. So uh, and uh, definitely check it out. You can submit up to three videos. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, it's a good little... Uh, I thought it was just going to be one. So I did the, this one Star Wars one. I thought... I, and then I found out I could do two more if I wanted to, and I haven't done it yet because I'm not sure what to do. But um, if anyone's listening to this and wants to do it, you can give yourself three chances to win. Excellent. And the deadline is September 20th, so you've got uh, plenty of time. Um, a couple other things I wanted to talk about briefly. One is, is um, I, in it's interesting. YouTube has become my sort of television now, and I end up watching the news and just you know, piddling around looking for interesting things. And I came across a, a YouTube channel by a man named Leadhead. Uh, and he specializes in talking about the backstories of a variety of games. Uh, and he did an excellent one on Half-Life uh, called Half-Life, A Larger Puzzle. It has over 200,000 views. Um, it's his musings and ideas and thoughts on the whole backstory behind Half-Life that leads into Half-Life 2, and it's very funny. It's uh, There's a little bit of irony in it. it it's a, a kind of let's play video that I call a explanatory uh, let's play video, where it becomes a kind of personal essay on the, uh, on the uh, game. He's done several other games like Prey, Deus Ex, Far Cry 3, and a couple others. Um, it's entertaining, but it also gets you to thinking about the game. And I think that's really cool. My only complaint was that I wish he would do it with a few more uh, contemporary games. Uh, he tends to do games that are older than about 10 years, but um, I'd love to see him jump in on some, some of the newer stuff. Anyway, Leadhead is excellent. And speaking of games, um, I have noticed that indie games, uh, obviously the market for indie games with uh, Unreal and, and uh, Unity is huge. I mean, there are hundreds of thousands of indie games that are created every year. But just like fiction or film, 90% of them are just not very good at all. And some of them are just absolutely insane. And one of the insane indie games that I came across recently was called Heal Hitler. <laughs> Aside from being a very bad joke, it's... Um, put you in a kind of conundrum. If you could travel backward in time, would you kill baby Hitler before he ever did anything wrong? Huh? In this case, you get to psychoanalyze Hitler and convince him not to do all the terrible things that he ended up doing. Now, aside from the fact that it's a subject 
because of his connection with the Holocaust and the deaths of millions and millions of people, that just simply is not a game-worthy subject. I mean, certainly you could do it because there's no holds barred for anybody who wants to create anything. But, I mean, if you want to be a successful game creator, I can't think of a worse subject uh, to, to, to take on. I mean, it reminds me of a, of a, a bizarre game that came out about 15 years ago that puts you in the uh, uh, situation of the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald in the Texas Book Depository with a gun shooting the president. That's the game. You get to shoot the president. And then if you do hit him, it cuts to a close-up of his brain exploding and the car turning around. Well, obviously, this game didn't last more than two days before people were just outraged, and it's become abandonware. But again, it's the kind of thing where if, if you want to make a game and you want to do something that's going to be successful, why choose a subject like that? I mean, it's just, it's just nuts. But if you're crazy and you want to heal Hitler, heal Hitler's a good game to jump in on. Uh, also, uh, I wanted to mention that Max, speaking of good games, Max Payne was released on July 23rd, 2001, 20 years ago. I want to I wish a big happy birthday to Max Payne. Uh, Sam Lake and James McCaffrey, who both played Max Payne because it went into th uh, three series, have an anniversary message um, in a short YouTube film that we will link to, which talks about the background of this great game. I remember very distinctly playing Max Payne. Did either of you play Max Payne at all when it came out? I played the first one and I really enjoyed it. Me too. But the interesting thing is, uh, I think memory is a really indicator of whether of the quality of something. And my memory is less on bullet time, which was a big thing where when you start to shoot, it went in slow motion, which they borrowed from Hong Kong cinema, by the way. Um, I, I think less of that te technical innovation and the incredible background work that they did in the city of New York. Um, I still have memories of wandering in this wintry uh, uh, New York City where the snow is not all white, but it's gray and mushy. And uh, your, your footsteps have that sort of wet sound that you have when you're walking through wet snow. And the, the sound effects in the background, I remember the landscape of the place more than the actual game. Um, but here's to you, Max Payne. Uh, a lot of people made some interesting uh, machinima in it. And um, I, I preferred the first one as opposed to the later ones, but... Um, Congratulations, you guys did a terrific, terrific, uh, terrific uh, job. And I'd also like to mention that I am happily playing Diablo 2 Resurrection Beta, which started on August 20th. Uh, the full release of the reworking of uh, this classic role-playing game is out on September 23rd. It has updated cutscenes, which are absolutely fantastic. Um, also, the improved graphics, they, they use a modern graphics engine, so you have this sense of three-dimensionality to it. Uh, um, there's all sorts of interesting effects. The gameplay is better. I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm really happy to be there. Plus, I think Diablo 2 is an outstanding game. Very smart, uh, a really great background. And 
One of the things I'd like to recommend to any Machinima um, filmmakers listening is that uh, if you press the F key, if you're on a PC, it brings you into a sort of medium shot of wherever you are. And I've done that several times and there's some, it looks great for one thing, but it's, it's prime material for some sort of machinima film um, because you can't control any of it, but it's so interesting. You can move the camera around and you can move the your character around, but uh, I think you could come up with some happy accidents and, and do some really interesting things. I think it would be a lot of fun. And then lastly, I'd like to mention that uh, I am doing a series of articles for three months called 12 Weeks with Nightmare Puppeteer for the uh, uh, company that I work for, renderosity-magazine.com. I am uh, <clears throat> in my fourth uh, episode, which uh, every Tuesday uh, they go live. And what I do is I take um, the reader through the process of learning Nightmare Puppeteer, both the positive and negative aspects of it in creating Machinima. And uh, last week we did a thing on character creation, including the new uh, USB import um, for Nightmare Puppeteer. I'm having an interesting time doing it because Nightmare Puppeteer is designed to do essentially non-realistic uh, Machinima, um, primarily music videos. That's what it's really scoped to do. Um, but I am actually trying to do a, a sort of realistic take on it. And I really like that. Um, it, it's harder, but in a way, it, I learned a lesson when I was in college when uh, in the theater department when I started out. There was a great designer who, who was very, very gifted, Douglas Scott Goheen. Uh, and he was used to working in theaters that had fly spaces. That's that big space above the theater stage where you can drop in things. Well, the theater that we had at uh, the school I went to didn't have a fly space at all, which severely limits your ability to be able to do theatrical changes and set pieces and backdrops. And I remember um, talking to the designer, uh, the theater designer, Doug, and I asked him, well, God, how can, you, how can you cope with this? And he says, you know, limitations can help you with, become more creative. You, you learn by coping with problems. And in a way, that's how Nightmare Puppeteer is for me. Because there's not a lot of realistic animation that you can choose, and the transitions between the animations are not really good, uh, it's meant for a more crude style. It's really brought out uh, a problem-solving approach, a mentality of creating new things that I'm, I'm exploring in, um, in my articles. So if you want to follow me with 12 Weeks with Nightmare Puppeteer at uh, Renderosity Magazine, just follow it through. I'm going to take it all the way through the creation of a, a scene at the end, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. So that's my little news contribution. Um, who's next? Um, I'll go next. Uh, so I'm going to start with um, something that Phil found. Uh, it's a piece of software called Cascadeur, and it's a way of animating characters using keyframes. So you can have your character standing still, and then you go forward, I don't know, 50 frames, and have them jumping in the air, and then it will automatically um, generate all the motion in between. And you can adjust it as you need to. So if it doesn't jump the way you want it to, uh, you can 
you can fix that and then you can go forward another 50 frames and have them land or if you want to do um, some kind of elaborate stunt scene or maybe um, just sitting down or walking uh, you can do that and it's I've had a bit of a tinker around with it and I can see this is going to be a very powerful piece of software it's not finished yet but there's an open beta that you can sign up for which is free to um, to try uh, once you've got your character animated you can export in, in the FBX format and uh, I think there's some other options which I haven't had a chance to fully explore yet which you can then import into Unreal or iClone or uh, Unity or whatever other, um, engine you're using um, so if, if you're using any of those platforms and you're kind of struggling with animating the characters for your, your project uh, have a look at this the software Cascadeur because it might solve the problem you've got um, I'm hoping to play around with it and maybe try a lightsaber duel just to see if you can have two characters fighting each other and see how well that will import into iClone uh, I can't uh, say they, too much Do you yeah. just work with the characters that they have in Cascadeur or can you import characters? Uh, it's basically just a, a skeleton in Cascadeur so you, ah. you animate the bones and then when you import that into uh, iClone or whatever uh, it'll, it, it should uh, take those animations and apply it to the character models in that other software. Right, so it gives you a rig, and then you yeah. import the rig to the character, whatever character. Oh, I get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that sounds interesting. Yeah, but uh, I haven't had too much time to play around with it, so my knowledge of it so far is still quite limited. Yeah. But um, I'm looking forward to giving it more of a try, and I think it'll be very useful for Machinima people uh, who need more animation choices for their characters. Right. Um, uh, Ricky, you mentioned a couple of games that have just been uh, re-released, and a few days ago, as a surprise announcement, Quake was uh, re-released with enhanced visuals. Oh, uh, it's still all the same. It's still all the same character models, but and I haven't bought it or tried it out yet. But um, they've got it running on PC, obviously, and the modern consoles, and even on the handheld Nintendo Switch. Um, and they've got all these new mission packs. All the all of the old expansion packs are included in it, and they've done a new one that's just for this release. Um, and of course, Quake is a huge uh, part of the machinery community because that oh, was yes. one of the very early platforms. Now, I don't know if you can load those. Because when you were when people were making Quake videos before, they would just save the recording. I think Phil talked about this before. They would save the little recording file, which is tiny, because that was easy to share, and then you could load it into the game. And it would play back exactly what was recorded. So I see no reason why that still wouldn't work. So you could, any of those old, if you could, any got those old recordings, you could load it into the new one and you'd see it with the new enhanced visuals, but it'd still be exactly the same. Um, it's not something I've explored yet because I haven't got a copy of the game yet. But Ooh, uh, that sounds amazing. So we've yeah, been talking yeah. some time ago, weren't we, about how do we restore some of the old machinimas from, yeah. from those very early days? So, uh, That's interesting. Yeah. Could you explore that, uh, Damien? Let us know whether that works or not in the future. Yeah, I'll, um, it's only came out just a few days before recording, but yeah, I'll give it a try, and then hopefully in time for next month, I can come back and say, look, this is what it can do. I know that they've got full mod support, um, everything that it could do before, so I see no reason why this recording method shouldn't work. I have to get yeah. my hands on some of those recordings to see if it can. Uh, well, the one to talk to is Ben. Okay. Ben Ben may well have some of those old files. He has he has a gold mine of stuff from from very early machinima days, which yeah. 
I, I will, I'll send him a message and see what we can come up with. Right. That's Ben Grusey, everyone, uh, who she's referring to, our yeah. historian of machinima. Great guy. She, he uh, collaborated with uh, Tracy on the recent book. Yes. Mm. And, like I said, an absolute goldmine of a person to work with on yeah. anything historical to do with machinima. That's exciting about Quake. I wonder whether it'll have a little mini renaissance of uh, machinima in Quake for that. I'd like oh, to have so. in it. Yeah, well, my understanding is it's $10 for the, the whole thing. You can find it on Steam. That's uh, outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 25th anniversary, so they wanted to do something uh, special for it. Very there good. You go. yeah. Thanks for that tip. That's now, right. you have some uh, news on uh, film festivals, right? Yeah. Um, so... There's a cinematic captures. Um, we've covered one of his videos when we did the Star Wars melts back in May. Uh, he did the one about the clone troopers. Uh, he has launched a Star Wars fan film contest. There are eighteen thousand dollars worth of prizes, which includes um, software such as Faceware, HitFilm Pro, and there's some other things. Um, a graphics card, which is an RTX 3080, which is obviously a wow. huge prize. Yes. Uh, wow. There's a mo- yeah mocap suit, and there's some other stuff like a lightsaber for the some of the live action films, and the little Lego figures of his clones from his film, which he's got made to be um, prizes, and there's all kinds of other stuff. Um, so there's a couple of rules for it. Obviously, it's a Star Wars fan film contest, so it has to be a Star Wars film. It has to be made specifically for the contest, so you can't take an old project and say this is what I've made it has to be done for it has to be new it's got to be three minutes or less and that includes the credits but that, that that helps because you can do something very quickly there are seven categories for prizes there's best editing best visual effects choreography sound cinematography live action and what applies mostly to us is animated hmm. because it does include machinima because he uses unreal and um, he's got some resources in the contest video where he's talking about it specifically for Unreal and uh, 3D animation right. uh, uh, people so um, it definitely machinima uh, submissions are welcome um, the, dead, yeah, the deadline for it is September 18th which gives you a couple of weeks but since the, it, he's asking for three minutes or less there's still plenty of time to put something together and to, su- to submit uh, I'm going to be putting something together for it as well which I'm been playing around with that and i'm definitely worth entering uh especially with all those prizes yeah Yeah, that sounds great yeah 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 um and then there's some film festivals coming up there's the milan machinima film festival which we've talked about before uh that is taking place in december uh they're still looking for submissions it has to be game machinima so you can't use iclone uh well, it doesn't specifically say you can't use iClone, but the way they set out the rules, it makes it very clear that they want game-based machinima. Yeah, I've, um, I've never seen a video uh, machinima created inside of Unity or Unreal or iClone as part of the their repertory. Uh, so most likely directly out of the game. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about uh, contemporary themes being played out in video games. Um so if you read through the rules, then it'll give you an idea of uh, what they're looking for. So that's yeah. one to keep an eye on. There's the New Media Film Festival, which we worked with before when we were doing the Machinima Expo. Right. Um, 
so they're, they're looking for entries and they've got a whole animation section. Uh, so that's worth a look. There's the Sci-Fi and Fantasy Genre Lab. Uh, again, they have, they're looking for animation. And then the last one I found was the Indie Suspense Horror Sci-Fi Film Festival. Which is a little mouthful of a title, but yeah. <laughs> um, again, they're looking for... It seems like they're aiming more for um, sort of horror and sci-fi horror. So right. anything along the lines of Alien and that kind of stuff, is, I think, is what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to put all the links to all four... Uh, the four film festivals and the contest will be in the show notes. So you, if you're interested, you can check them out there for more details. Great. Thank you very much, Damien. Tracy, what do you have? Uh, well, I've got a couple of little items, actually. Um, I'm not sure... One one is probably more um, more appealing to the sort of the let's players uh, among the audience here. Um, this was a, a report about YouTube launching a new um, channel function, in-app function. I think uh, they've called it called it um, Shorts, and it's basically YouTube's answer to TikTok, um, which lets uh, users create videos of up to. 60 seconds using their phone camera. Um, but, you know, obviously you can use um, phone-based apps as well. And you can string multiple clips together and sample soundtracks and what have you um, from various other shorts. Um, and you can swipe these things just like you can on TikTok. Uh, and then you can uh, stand a chance to receive payments of between $100 and $10,000, $10,000. I'll um, go for the 10,000. Yeah, well, they're not directly linked to ads, which I think is quite an interesting hmm. um, uh, advancement, really, um, which is obviously the, the metric that uh, YouTube tends to use for uh, monetize or, you know, creators use for monetizing regular videos. Um, so I think it's an interesting alternative option for, for creators. Um, however, I would say it's very much, from what I can see about it at the moment, it's, mu it's much a, a work in progress. Um, there's a, a podcast on which um, uh, this, this guy is talking about the development, um, which we'll put a, a link to in the show notes so you can have a listen to see what you think about it. Um, I think it's got challenges, as I said. Uh, YouTube says it's only going to... Um, it's only going to really appeal to those creators whose shorts reach thousands, and and what they mean actually is a hundred minimum minimum of a hundred thousand uh, viewers. Um, oh boy! So it's not necessarily going to appeal to the regular machinima creator, but it might to people like JT Music sure. who use machinima, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, it's unclear exactly when the fund is going to start or what exactly the metrics are going to be um, that uh, YouTube's going to use on it. Um, and as I understand it, they're still looking for feedback from potential users. Um, and that 100,000 figure is across a 30-day period. So, you know, you've got a, a pretty, you know, it's not a total channel view sort of thing. Right. Um so I think that's quite an interesting development. I think it's, it's you know, how it manages to push creators will be interesting and hopefully it won't, you know, won't do what machinima.com did, which was push the quality down the lows, as low as it could um, for high numbers of viewers. Um, right. But 
nonetheless an interesting development. I'm surprised they didn't do it uh, sooner. I mean, that would be a, it's kind of an obvious direction for them. Um, it is, but I, I imagine they're looking at how much they're going to be shelling out as a consequence. I mean, I think yeah, yeah. early figures suggest 100 million behind this. Wow. Which is not an insignificant amount of money, is it really, when you when no. you think about it? Not that I suppose they care too much at this point in time, but yeah, um, you've still got to be turning it over. Well, I'll I definitely think. check that out, and we'll put some links in our uh, show notes uh, for anybody who's interested in that. Absolutely. Uh, and the second item I've got is to do with Valve releasing Steam Deck, um, which yeah. will... Uh, be available, I think, in early December in the US and earlier next year in Europe. Um, as I understand it, it's fully compatible with PCs. Um, and in fact, they're badging it as just another handheld PC, which makes it a potentially very interesting addition yeah. to the creative tool set for machinima makers. Um, I'm a little unclear on, on screen res, if I'm honest, because obviously you're dealing with a very much smaller screen a seven inch screen um not that you know not 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 that that's necessarily how the the video would res out as such but um maybe that has implications um for you know how you how you create uh, content um but it's being badged as a, a competitor to uh, nintendo switch mm -hmm. um uh, the online device display uh, seems to represent one of several ways you can play uh, uh, games with machine. And, and I think what, what's interesting here is that it's not necessarily one that's using cloud-based technology. So it's one where you can download your games and take them anywhere, which I think is one of the, the big problems with cloud-based stuff. You can't, yes. you can't yeah. do it on the train, so to speak, or you can't, you know, can't do it on a plane or those, those kinds of... Um, uh, issues seem to crop up with these uh, handheld right. um, devices. I think the other thing to, to that I, I did pick up on is that it's um, partnered or is using chip technology from AMD, which is merged with NVIDIA. And uh, what implications there might be from the NVIDIA hookup will be interesting because, of course, we all know that we're still in the midst of a, a chip shortage at the moment. So, I mean, we've right. got car, car production being cut here because the chip <laughs> chip shortage means they can't, uh, you know, generate the right sort of um, tech for the cars, uh, let alone the games. Um, so, uh, you know, quite what the implications of that will be, I don't, I don't know. But that's something to to yeah. watch and take note of, I think. But an interesting development. Yeah. The um, if you try and pre-order it now, it will say after Q2 next year. Uh, yes. So it, they have got an interesting thing that you need to, to. So so you can only order it if you are a confirmed Steam uh, user, and by that then you you know they won't just uh, let you register on Steam and say that's good enough. You've got to have a purchase history on Steam before they'll allow you to put an order in and not only that they're also saying you can only buy one and they're they're trying to prevent this sort of reseller market right. and the black um, market yeah the black market which i think is also a very interesting development here too mm -hmm. i think that's necessary given that um 
the uh, Nvidia cards are still so hard to find just because yes. as soon as they're available, the bots snap them up. Yeah. And I yeah. think uh, Valve are very sensible coming up with this solution to mm. put a stop to that. Yeah, I think so too. Valve, I, I've always been impressed with the high quality of Valve's hardware. Um, their stuff is just impeccably designed. They've got that Apple mentality um, in in terms of how they put their stuff together. So I have no doubt that the quality of this uh, um, small game uh, playing machine will be very high. Uh, so I'm really kind of interested in seeing how it works. And the fact that it's, I didn't realize that you could download your games into it. I think that's, that's excellent. I think that's a mm. real interesting idea. And that's yeah. actually something I would consider buying. Whereas the other ones, yeah. I wouldn't. And well, when you, when you look at all the videos of it, it's, uh, you know, people are, are running screens from it. So it's basically a computer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kind of high end computer. That you can hook up any peripherals to, so looks well, quite I'd like interesting. To, I'd like to play it when I'm in the uh, um, the commuting zone on the freeway, and when I'm going 120 miles an hour, <laughs> you can you can put it right on your your uh, you wheel can... and and play it straight as you're as you're driving. You could play Grand Theft Auto as you're driving. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> touche, touche, Damien. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh with that, God. that's our news today. Um, I thank you guys for being here. Uh, Phil, we'll see you next time. Um, uh, as always, you can contact us uh, through 116 different ways, but it won't make any difference because nobody's contacting us. Oh, but that's if you not want true. To, it's completelymachinima.com. We, we, we have messages. We have been contacted on our Discord yeah. uh, from... Galaxy Girl, who created... Now, what was the film that you did last month, uh, Damien? Oh, um, <laughs> I can't remember what I covered last month. Galaxy Girl. It was, uh, it was the Nancy Sinatra song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, she bang, created... bang. Yeah. That's it. He shot me down. Um, that was your film, Ricky, wasn't it? Well, whoever's. She she uh, contacted to say thank you for reviewing her film. So oh, oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, nice. so we are. We do get contact. Thank you for that correction. I'm being a little cynical. Um, <laughs> but go to completelymachinima.com. You'll find a dozen ways. I also like to remind everybody that at the end of uh, August, we put out a bunch of Let's Play videos. In fact, uh, we're recording it here uh, in the middle of August. And uh, they're, it's coming out for us. But by the time this gets up, You'll be able to see a Let's Play video from myself, uh, from Damien, from Tracy, and from Phil. That's something we're going to continue to do in the future. Um, so make sure you check the completelymachinima.com website to uh, learn more about that and maybe watch some of those. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Our next week, we will be coming back with our film section of completelymachinima.com. So long. Bye.